Today's episode of Birds with Friends is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing Shield in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis. Grant Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill. It's time to get ill with some birds with friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo Wolf and are coming at you. With stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday afternoon. Bo Wolf here. Zach Berman there, Sheila Kapadia there, and we uh, we had a chance to hear from Doug Peterson today. Got to see his home office set up, a pair of uh, Super Bowl Lombardi Trophy replicas. Uh, I didn't see Zach's book there, but I think if we looked close enough, we might have been able to find it. But uh, most importantly, everybody wants to know, Sheila, how you doing? This is my favorite kind of podcast. Zach told us he has a hard out uh, at uh, at 5.30. We started recording around 4.35. I know when I'm out of here, I'm feeling great today. Well, Zach said, you know, we, you and I can feel free to continue the pod yeah. after he leaves. So don't, uh, don't get your heart fully set on 530 as an out. If you feel confident doing a uh, 10 minutes by yourself, you know, try to do a little like Colin Coward or uh, Nick Wright, you know, one of those kind of solo uh, gigs, uh, go, go for it. I'm all for it. I'll listen to it. Well, we know Zach is a big uh, Colin Coward fan. So if I want to get into his good graces, maybe I'll have to do that. I'm a bigger Nick Wright fan. I know that's right. Uh, all right, so we uh, we we have some, I guess, actual news to talk about. So we can do that in our uh, our bird on the street, and then we will talk a little bit about the uh, the flock trial on the website that Zach and I did for the offense and defense compared to uh, last year. At this point, uh, along the way, but let's let's get to uh, Doug Peterson. Zach, you're our uh, you're our, our scoop guy. You're, you're good at. Uh, <laughs> you know, unloading and unpacking everything that we've heard on the day. So give us the uh, what you thought were the highlights from from Doug Peterson. The big topic, I, I think, right now is left tackle. What are the Eagles going to do at left tackle? And and Doug Peterson said that, there's, that they told Jason Peters they would remain in conversation. They do remain in conversation, uh, but, but they are confident in Andre Dillard. That is the way that they're planning to go. Uh, that's essentially what he said. Now, he obviously left the door open, and perhaps that that door being open is if Andre Dillard doesn't look good this summer, or or uh, you know if there isn't training camp, something of that nature. But it certainly sounded like Doug Peterson was putting the hard sell on Andre Dillard, which I think makes sense because there uh, were questions, legitimate questions, this offseason about how committed the Eagles were to him, and they obviously left that door open to Peters. Uh, so Peterson went out of his way today to make clear that 
that they are confident in Dillard. They drafted Dillard because of what they think he can do in this system, that he needs to work on his strength. But that's what the offseason's for. And they are, they're, they're, they're kind of committed to going in that direction. Uh, I, I don't want to uh, take up all of this because I know you guys were on the call too, but, uh, there, he said that Nate Sudfeld, uh, would make the most sense as the backup quarterback, at least early on the season. He said, you're relying on your veterans early on, especially this season, uh, with the implication that they're not having the full offseason program and that, that they're confident Nate Sudfeld can, can do that job. And then there were a lot of questions about the virtual offseason and questions too about the, the changes in offensive system. And, and this is where I think Doug was, a little bit defensive, uh, and perhaps rightfully so. He said, "You're not going to see." Get a, a little flex here. Yeah, he said, "You're you're, you're not going to see an overhaul of the offensive scheme, even though that's what uh, Bo Wolf seems to be expecting." We'll get to that later. <laughs> but uh, uh, that they that it's going to be very subtle, so the naked eye won't see it. But this is the offense they won the Super Bowl with, and they are not changing that offense. Um, so that was to the question of. Uh, the schematic changes that they're making after overhauling the coaching staff this offseason, the offensive staff. Sheila, you were on this uh, on this bad boy. You didn't ask any questions. Did you have your hand uh, raised and didn't listen, get called on? Or, yeah, you, uh, you think you think if Peter King's on this bad boy, he gets called on? I mean, mm, geez, what does the I guy have to do? To I didn't get, get called on on the last one, on the uh, Jason Kelsey one. So, you know. All right, well, that's understandable. I guess that's fair. <laughs> what, what question would you have asked? Well, I had a series of questions. What did you have in the holster? Well, I, w- I wanted more on Andre Dillard. You know, you mm. told Doug, you're telling me about his, we all know about his physical prowess. I wanted to know, uh, what did you learn about him in terms of coachability, mental toughness, work mm. ethic, all those intangibles that players need at the next level now that you've had him sort of uh, on your roster for a year, because that to me seems like where the questions are. Now, I, I agree with Zach. I think the biggest thing to take away from this, uh, at least from my perspective, was that this felt like a shift in, uh, I don't know if it's public messaging or what we want to call it, but this was for the first time I felt like they were saying, all right, Dillard is going to be our left tackle. Let's make sure everyone knows we believe in him. Uh, you know, we can pay our respects to Jason Peters, but he's not coming back here. Dillard's going to be our starter. Now, listen, who knows? We've, I've flip-flopped on this probably 30 times this, uh, this offseason as I fear, uh, uh, having to buy you guys pastaficios for however many weeks next year. But uh, that was my big takeaway. I felt like, you know, Doug was saying without blatantly saying uh, that Dillard is going to be our left tackle. We have confidence in him. And uh, thank you to Jason Peters for everything he's done for the organization. It's sort of like they uh, they picked up the baton from Jason Kelsey's conference, uh, Zoom conference last week in which he was talking about how Dillard, uh, you know, did all the right things. It's just that he needs a little bit of strength. And it's like Doug just sort of took that morsel and and ran with it as this can be our messaging. Do you think they'll let Kelsey do all like the day after uh, press conferences next year? I, I would so, be in on that's that. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> I would be in on that, too. <laughs> Doug was 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 very much prepared today. He, he said he had his his notebook in front of him. I'm presuming that that he wrote down who was asking the question. Yeah. Why uh, was because, he doing that? What was because that about? he wanted to repeat that. the name because he would have oh. the name. Oh. Douglas. Yes. Good question, Bo. Good question, Zach. Good question. Mm. Yeah. So he you was, think he would have done that for me? You think he's got the confidence? Oh, absolutely. To do that he for was. Me? Oh, I, I don't know. Was good. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, what. I don't know. There hasn't. There haven't been many over the years. 
No, I I believe that's that was what he was writing. Otherwise, it's, I it's, think that's it's right. Like, it's like Bryant Gumble in uh, real sports, where you know they come back and he's always jotting down notes. Like, like what is he jotting down at that particular <laughs> yeah, moment? Yeah, <laughs> if if it's not uh, the the uh, the person asking the question, because he he did repeat the name much more than yes. I mean, Doug's not a big name. Repeater. No, that's absolutely uh, right. Yeah, and he did it time and time again today. So I think uh, maybe it was like a media training one on one that they had well, or something. This, yeah, I think you're right. This is the biggest takeaway from today's Zoom press conference. Yeah, I we think. should have led right. with this. Yeah, I think this is right. He gave me a he gave me a, a good question, Bo, and I don't think it was a good question. I did not I did not <laughs> like my question today, but but the questions I was going to ask were uh, were already asked. So I actually thought that this was a relatively good job by the uh, the Philadelphia crew with our our chance to talk to Doug. So I I had a lot of questions that I I wanted to ask him, and obviously because of the format, we just couldn't have uh, follow ups, but. I figured that we're I I'm, a follow-up in bed. Got I one in there. bad boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you Bo did. got I'm a follow-up in there. And then let me see. I wrote this down here. It was definitely <laughs> my biggest uh, takeaway. Uh, I think you hit, Bo, I think you hit the nail on the head. Wow. <laughs> what is Bo? Uh, going to like socially distanced, distanced uh, like uh, cul-de-sac uh, happy hours with Doug or something this <laughs> offseason? What's going on? Yeah, we're tossing uh, tossing brewskis <laughs> back and forth to each other. Passing so, passing. So, passing across uh sayings about being good dads so uh my strategy sayings about being good dads the, the reference there is is doug has a sign in the back of of or in his office that's prominently says, displayed yes any man can be a father it takes someone special to be a dad i, I believe that's 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 what it says Thanks for ex- explaining that, Zach. Bo yes, apparently yes. was just going to throw that out there and let it go, as usual, where no one would have any idea what he's talking about. That's, that's true. That's uh, what I'm all about, baby. So so, so I I had a, a lot of things I, I wanted to ask Doug, and I, I chose to focus on the virtual offseason component of it because I imagine we're going to have more cracks of Doug here. It's like virtual in the, insanity, you know? So, a Jamiroquai. Yeah, so I, I, I thought that was more new, uh, newsworthy today, but if I had... If I had, uh, you know, if if we rounded back and we got a second question, I would have asked, and, and probably I should have asked this because it, it would be more newsworthy. Is you say you're still talking to Jason Peters? If J- if Andre Dillard's your guy, mm-hmm. what specifically are you talking to Peters about? And second, uh, are you what planning to have Alshon about? Jeffrey? Are you expecting to have Alshon Jeffrey as a part of your offense this year? Yeah, that was yeah, that's Alshon. on my list right here, right yeah. second to my Dillard question. How does Alshon Jeffrey fit into the team's plans? Yeah, that's Going a good forward. one. What else? What else you got on your list, Shiel? Uh Those were those were the two I wanted to uh, get to. I, I also had something down about uh, you know he was talking about the offense and um, as, as Zach said he had a little flex. You know we hey we've won a world championship with this offense. If you guys forgot, well, let's so, not listen. forget a couple uh, years ago. So he's saying, listen, I know uh, that the owner made me uh, fire coaches and kind of told me, uh, maybe told me who to hire and all that. But listen, it's still my offense mm-hmm. here. I, I still got a little bit of juice here. Uh, so he did say that. He he did um, allow for the one change to potentially be uh, more play action, which uh, right. you know, play action, kind of those quarterback movement schemes, which we were talking about often last season, which it really took them way too long to get to. And they should have gone to those more often and they played a Carson Wentz's strengths. So that, uh, that is a good thing. But I wanted to know, you know, what's your approach with all these new voices now uh, on your staff? What's your approach for taking input from everybody, but still making sure that you have uh, an offense 
sense with an identity and that you're not trying to do uh, a lot of different uh, different things that don't work well. Something to that effect that wasn't worded well. If I got to ask it, mm-hmm. it probably would have been worded even worse. But, Something uh, about that, D- Doug, the great collaborator. Something about cooks in the kitchen. I think I was going to mm. try to throw cooks in the kitchen in there okay. and uh, see see where it got me. Whose whose ringtone was that 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 uh, busted out there? No, it was a uh, it was a ver- it was a pop up ad on a website. Mm. So what? Uh, Be what are you careful checking with those out? websites. Check, checking out some Saban Belichick <laughs> in the middle of the show. <laughs> No, <laughs> it was it was like an Instagram ad. It was mm. uh, you know that. Wow, scroll on Instagram, Shield. You can't even keep <laughs> keep, can't even keep Zach's attention no. enough. Uh, listen, I've never, I've never been prouder. This is exactly what I'm doing during most of the podcast. So don't expect me to uh, be critical of that. And then my last question: If, if all my uh, questions were taken, I was going to throw like an Ortega Whiteside question out there to just sort mm. of sense ask the if he tone. read your story. You know, does he uh, does he get <laughs> gas him up a little bit does he is he very cautious does he forget who the guy is you know try to try to read something uh into that there sure uh i'm looking at uh on the floor of my little basement here is uh two printouts of the dave gettleman picture from his uh you know that his his draft setup which i had posted behind me for the zoom with the, the YouTube <laughs> with 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 Zach and I've just not cleaned them up and it's funny because every time Casey comes down um, he he asks who that is he's and we say oh that's Dave <laughs> and so every time he leaves the room he goes bye bye Dave it's time for dinner like <laughs> oh so Gettleman's Dave become Gettleman. a real he's become a real part of the uh, the Wolf household here during during quarantine speaking it's been a of tough uh, week for Dave yeah that's been a tough week for Dave good pick buddy. It's been a, it's, oh yeah, no, but I was going to go with, uh, speaking of Dave, uh, I've been watching this show with Zebra's boy. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm, what do you I'm think? La- I'm laughing left and right, I'm laughing out loud left and right with the oh, show. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I've heard good things. Yeah, it's you should good, watch it. It's a very good show. You know, we, we sat down, uh, last night. We had some options. Uh, Billions was still uh, available. We had been doing some Shits Creek. But, I mean, you can tell how much you like a show where I said, I, I want to knock out some more Daves here. So I'm in. I'm in on, um, on Lil Dicky. Z-Burn was ahead of the curve with this. If you're interested to, to learn more about Dave Bird, <laughs> a.k.a. Lil Dicky, and his Philadelphia fanaticism, uh, check out the story on TheAthletic.com from March that detailed – uh, his Philadelphia sports memories and how he incorporates the show into, or how he incorporates Philly teams into the show. Now, Zach, and, and that, if you're in- curious about what type of footwear Vinnie Curry might be wearing during the quarantine, check out <laughs> she, uh, Zach's story on uh, Vinnie Curry's collection of Jordans back from uh, October, November. November, yes. Yes. Now, Zach, in that story, you had all of his references. You know, like here's what he does in the show to kind of reference Philadelphia sports. Had you already, did you like watch all the episodes to prepare for this interview? I don't, when did the show, the, the show didn't no, come it, out till after you wrote that, right? Or Yeah, so it was the, from the first four episodes. Uh, so the, so I, I wrote it at the, after the fourth episode. So watched all the episodes, jotted down notes and, uh, oh, and was, wow. was, was Look bringing at that. them up to him. Peek behind the scenes there of, of uh, Zebram's prep right there, but uh, that's that's pretty fun show. That's pretty fun uh, article prep though. I feel like. I do you enjoy so, the yes. show? I I really do, and uh, yeah. it's it's one of those shows too though that that like you need to to if you're not watching it with your wife you 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 kind of need to tell her what you're watching because 
uh, <laughs> like, like I was I was watching it late oh, at night yeah. one night, and uh, you know, you know, she was sleeping because it, it it comes on where it came on at at like ten ten thirty, and so uh, it was it was one of those things that she woke up in the middle of the show, and it's like, what are you watching? <laughs> so you, you you definitely need to alert them on that. I think that's the episode I just watched last night. We won't give away <laughs> any more spoilers, but uh, thank you to you and. Uh, Good job by that. Okay, a little X's and O's talk with uh, with Saban and Belichick going on potentially. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say next. Uh, so anything else from uh, from Doug today? I mean, he talked about you know the difficulty. Uh, you know, one thing we always hear is like Howie's line about you never know a guy until he gets in the building um, and stuff like that. And obviously, the Eagles haven't gotten these guys in the building, so it does strike me as. Uh, you know, you've got these rookies, especially Jalen Rager, who who need to be a big part of the offense. They have no sense of whether they're going to be prepared to do so. But at the same time, this is a, uh, you know, every team in the league is dealing with this. This is not like a, a unique situation to them. So I'm not so sure how, how impactful that is. How many times did he use the phrase grass time? I mean, was Gra- anyone yeah. else counting Gra- this? Big winner today for grass time. Yeah. Grass, grass time. And then I think reporters started, you know, they're like, he's using it. I'm going to use it. How long are you going to get it? Yeah. Hey, well, Doug, when you, you got to get, get the these grass. guys back on the grass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard that. Has anyone heard this before? Where the hell You're, did this come from? It was, grass a very, time. it was a very like organic. It picked up Doug used it in the beginning <laughs> and then he used it again. And then all of a sudden the reporters used it to speak his language. You're right. Yeah, so that was, uh, I didn't know what was going on there. My head was exploding with all the <laughs> grass time uh, references. You know, I guess, I, I don't know if it's newsy or not, but he, he said he kind of expected, to, you know, to have uh, some training. I don't know, Bo, we should throw this to you, I guess. But it yeah. sounded like he was optimistic about a potential training camp and about being in the building in July. What did you, what did you make of those answers? Yeah. I mean, I think that that is what his uh, expectation was. It sounded like, and he also, you know, was asked like, whenever things open up, how much time do you think you'll need before you can start the season? And he said he, he feels like they need sort of that five to six week training camp ramp up, which I don't know if that will be the case. I think they can probably end up whacking some, some preseason games if they need to, but uh, you certainly need like a, an actual training camp to prepare. So the other thing was, you know, he was asked about the, uh, you know, the likelihood or, or what the the procedure would be when somebody, if or when somebody tests positive. And I think like they have to be like, if they're coming back, whenever it is, people are going to test positive. They need to be prepared for that inevitability. And, uh, you know, he, you know, Doug is not like the guy who's going to be putting these practices into place. I feel a little bit bad that he has to answer these questions. Like he's got no idea, but uh, he said that they, you know, they're working on those procedures and uh, that would certainly be a, that would be sad if that happens. So at least, at least he thinks that's true. Well, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, like you said, he he was saying that he's not, uh, you know, the one making those decisions, but I thought he certainly acknowledged that, yeah, that's a possibility and we need to be prepared for all these possibilities that could occur when people return uh, return to the building. So yeah, Maybe uh, maybe Schefter was right uh, during the draft that the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts because they're expecting Carson Wentz to test positive and uh, have to have a 14-day quarantine. Well, that wasn't right, so, it the question. Whoever asked the question was like, you know, what if your quarterback gets yeah, it, was, it or something? It was asking. Okay, yeah, no. it was, it's hard. I was like, yeah. What? So I was listening to a uh, a competing podcast, uh, oh. uh, Chris Long's podcast. He had Jason Kelsey on, and I just wanted to see if there's anything there that that you know we should. Would know you say or... they're a competing podcast? 
Well, I, 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 they're not a competing I, podcast. I can I assure want... you, they don't consider us on their, <laughs> on their, on their, on their I, I can assure saying... you, Chris Long's not checking the yeah. iTunes rankings to see if his friends True. beat him. True. I, I met another podcast. Okay, so uh, and and Jason Kelsey was talking about this idea that he floated to his wife, and his wife was was not totally on, on board with it, but that that they uh, put the whole team in a hotel. And they they get like the top doctors they can get, and they get ventilators, and they give everyone coronavirus, and what? and like let them develop the antibodies, um, and uh, and and that because his his point was that if you are young and healthy, you have a very small chance of you know based on <laughs> so anyway so he yeah, I'm not he floated this, that. so he floated this idea to his wife, and and it sounds like she was not um, totally on board with it. Uh, and, uh, and Chris Long said, so, so you said to your wife that, that you want to go to a hotel for two weeks with a bunch of people <laughs> with your own virus. Um, it was, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was a funny, um, back and forth, but, uh, God, now I like have to listen to this. That's yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. I mean, jeez. Yeah. And, um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, wait, wait, Jason, wait, if wait I'm a, not. Wait a pub, pub the competing podcast. Now we all got to <laughs> stop recording and listen. I'm sorry, Jason, yeah, so if I'm not giving the, the full story here, but, but, but that's essentially what it was. Our listeners, make sure you go and uh, rate and review our podcast, <laughs> yeah. Birds with Friends. Some of you still do that. Uh, we appreciate that all the time. But now that we have to go and listen to this podcast and are going to give them a little bit of a bump, uh, you, need, you need to help us out and kind of even the playing field. Well, I don't know about uh, you know I don't know about going to a hotel for two weeks, but uh, I can tell you that the Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear a suit or tuxedo for their big day. Did you know the black tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could possibly imagine? It's possible that that worst tuxedo fitting included somebody, uh, you know, kidnapping them, taking them to a hotel and giving them coronavirus to develop the antibodies. But if you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with the code BIRDS. That's theblacktux.com, code BIRDS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. Uh, yeah, that was. A, I thought that was a pretty seamless transition, didn't you think? Well, yeah, the, the, on, the only other... Uh, absolutely. The only other thing that I had from this uh, press conference was... Man, the, the, the media obsession with Nate Sudfeld. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills with Nate mm-hmm. Sudfeld. It's a valid question. I mean, it, it's a valid question. It feels like something about Nate Sudfeld gets asked at every media availability. And it feels like, I mean, am I, it, this guy was available to sign anywhere he wanted this offseason. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. For he a was. day, yes, yes, for a day. Yep. Okay, and his best option was to come back. I don't have the financials in front of me. I don't think it was a lot of money. No. Uh, to come back and compete for a backup quarterback job with Carson Wentz. And then they drafted the guy in the second round. And yeah, so drafted, I think the question was, yeah. was more about Jalen Hurts, though, than about Sudfeld. Okay. That's how well, I perceived it. Well, yeah. uh, g- give it to me because sometimes my brain uh, turns off when I hear Nate Sudfeld question. <laughs> yeah, so so the question was basically is, is Jalen Hurts going to be your backup? Like it wasn't worded that way. And and Doug was was adamant that that like Sud that that going into the season, uh, they're going to need to rely on their veterans and Nate Sudfeld is a veteran who knows their system and is ready to be the backup. 
Now they said the same thing last off season and Nate got hurt and they, and they went to Josh McCown, obviously. Uh, but look, when, when Nate signed that deal and, and, and Shields, right. It, it, it was basically a, a one year, $2 million. I got deal. it right here. I got yeah. it right here. What? Well, yeah. One year, $2 million deal, uh, with, uh, it looks like 500,000 guaranteed. So yeah. you could, you, you actually, I mean, yeah, I, you can save money by releasing Nate Sudfeld. Sure. And, and so he wasn't, I don't think he was expecting them to take Jalen Hurts when he signed that deal, obviously, or a second round quarterback. It was, it was posed to him throughout his, his press conference or conference call after signing. Uh, like, did they give you assurances that, that you were the backup? And, and he was saying how, you know, he understands there's, there's competition, but you know, he, he essentially, he, well, well, he implied that, that coming back, he wasn't coming back to be the number three guy. You know, and, and so, uh, and he wants to start. He's, he's made that clear. Howie Roseman has yeah, made Howie. that clear. And, yeah. And, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't think that, or he, he says the challenge in it is that the only way they know you can start is if you actually get the start and he hasn't had that chance yet. My read on this is that if, if Carson goes down in the middle of a game, they'll put Nate Sudfeld in because they, they don't need to, he, he knows the system. They don't really need to adjust anything on the fly. If Carson Wentz goes down for eight weeks or goes down for the season, then they turn the jail and hurts uh, because then you're you're adjusting your game plan to what he can do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, know. I, don't, I feel I'm like not, in the middle not, of the game, I might as well you might as well go to Jalen Hurts and get a little juice then too. Yeah, I, I I would I would agree with that unless you're not prepared for that possibility at all, which would be a failure of the coaching staff in my in my opinion i agree with you you should have some kind of simple uh package you know around Jalen hurts that involves some more qb runs that you're presumably going to be uh installing into game plans or practicing at some time anyway and you know you go with the old hey our we're, we're gonna look totally different with our backup quarterback in here and maybe we can surprise the defense and steal a win i mean i i just don't you know i like nate sudfeld as we've said seems like a great guy I've enjoyed all my interactions with him he seems like a hard worker all these different things I mean the guy was he was a sixth round pick in 2016 he's thrown 25 passes in four years in the NFL every team in the NFL had an opportunity to sign him this offseason he came back to a deal with the Eagles that does not even guarantee him a roster spot I mean, I'm, everybody wants to be a starter. Every undrafted free agent who they sign, if they had a local tryout, all those guys would want to be starters. A lot of guys want to be starters. But, I mean, when the market speaks, he's 27 years old. And I don't know. I mean, experience only takes you so far. If you thought Jalen Hurts was a uh, Russell Wilson-level prospect, you know, I know it's a shortened offseason. Get him ready to be the backup quarterback. Yeah, I think, and I think that the market has uh, spoken differently over uh, about Sudfeld's over the past year. I mean, he was given a second round tender, which is a you know that that tells you like that's a backup caliber guy. But then in the you know fourteen months since then, he, the Eagles signed Josh McCown because they didn't fully trust Sudfeld, and then they drafted, and then they, and then they didn't tender him a contract. They waited until he was a free agent, signed him to this cheap deal, and then they drafted Jalen Hurts. So. You know, I like Sudfeld too, but but read that for what what it means. Well said. The other thing that's on that topic is that like 
there's some there's been some gassing up uh, some gassing of like Nikel Roby Coleman and Will Parks like these guys signed like one year one million dollar deals let's let's calm down here yeah I especially feel that way with uh Will Parks I mean Nikel Roby Coleman all the uh the statistics are all pretty favorable for him as a um very good nickel corner but yeah you're right I mean last year Justin Coleman uh of the Seahawks was on the free agent market as a nickel corner and the Lions signed him to $9 million a year. And what did Roby Coleman get from the Eagles? One year, one... 1.35. 1.35. So yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you there. And then like Will Parks, uh, you know, Vic Fangio uh, is no dummy right. and Will Parks was not going to be expensive. And he said, uh, you know, thank you. For, I think he liked it. I mean, I know he had some favorable things to say about him. But in the in the end, he said, you know, thank you for uh, what you've done here, Will. And good luck uh, on the open market. I mean, this was a, a rotational player. And now he's going to come in and he's just going to fill Malcolm Jenkins' shoes. And there's going to be no drop-off at all. Uh, I, I think that's a good gazing up point made by you. A lot of, a lot of talking for you in this episode, Zach. How's your uh, hydration level? <laughs> yeah, I was I was actually waiting for a transition because uh, this morning, you know, it was a it was a big day. We we're talking to Doug Peterson, and I I was curious what top performers and business and sports often do, and and I uh, took out the the blood orange hydrant that uh, that was uh, sent to us. I, I put it in a sixteen ounce glass of water. And I drank the water because I know that top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make sure uh, that hydrating your body is easy and delicious. Each, each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc helps you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com slash birds. That's drinkhydrant.com slash birds for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash birds. Pretty, I thought it was pretty tasty. I don't like, uh, I don't like, you know, like an overwhelming taste sensation on, on those things. And so it was a good, uh, I thought it was a good, nice little subtle hint of the flavor. Yes, the more water you put in there, the uh, better. Mm. Now, when you said you drank, you drank 16 ounces, did you measure out 16 ounces? I did, yes. Wow. You did really? Yeah, I, I have a water bottle that has... Oh, like, yeah, he's got, got your, that oh, nifty yeah. water bottle. Yes. Yeah. And so I... for hydrant. Yeah, so I put 16 ounces in and then dropped the hydrant, uh, hydrant closed the top of the, of the water bottle, shook Shake it that for a few up. seconds, and then, mm. and then drank it. Yep. Nice work out of you. Uh, all right, why don't we talk uh, a little bit about our, our flock trials and we can start on the offense. And uh, presumably some listeners have read that on The Athletic, which you can do. But uh, Sheil, let's say you were the judge. Tell us uh, where you would have come down. 
Oh, I haven't I haven't gone through all these yet. What are you crazy? Oh. Well, what do you want us to do here then? What was I supposed to do that prepare or something? Just read you maybe just read the story. I mean, I'm scrolling down now. This is a long story. I've been a busy guy. You think I've gotten to all this yet? I mean, it was on my to-do list, but I usually right. catch up in bulk. I haven't. So why don't you give me uh, your this? This will be good. Why don't you give me your main point? Uh, what was the main point of well, contention listen, the, the, between you and Zach? And then I'll take it from there. Well, let's. I mean, let's be fair here. This is a you know, this is a thought exercise that is uh, you know an excuse for content. So. Uh, I said to I said to Zach, let's let's, let's take opposing sides of you know whether the offense is better today than it was a year ago because that's the that's the proper comparison. It's not whether they improved since the end of the season. It's whether uh, you know this offseason roster looks better than last offseason's roster. And I said, Zach, you pick your two sides. He said he wanted to argue in favor of last year's offense and this year's defense. So I uh, I took the other side. No, against yeah, yes, yeah, last year's offense, this year's defense, correct. Right. Actually, I, uh, with your permission, I would like to read out some text messages, if you don't mind. Please do. Is that all right? Okay. So, uh, so, so Zach, basically, you know, we were we we sometimes have a text thread going over some story ideas, and uh, you know, Zach said uh, he was thinking of a piece, me either for the pot or written, comparing position by position to uh, last year, which you know I thought was a good idea. Both thought it was a good idea. Both said, yeah, you know, I was thinking that too. We can split it up into two pieces. Uh, Zach said uh, this was at. 2.36 p.m., Zach said, good call. Uh, and then Bo said, at 2.37, we could do it like a flock trial. <laughs> one of us makes the case they're better, the other that they're worse. Uh, yeah. no, one, no one responded to that uh, message for about 27 hours. Well, yeah. Then Zach and I had a separate. Then Zach and I had a separate conversation. Oh, yes, okay. we excluded you because you weren't part of the process. Okay, I thought Zach and I were on the same page when we heard flock flock trial, and we're like, oh god, how, how do how do we let him down easily? Maybe if we just don't respond, he'll suggest something else. Well, that's All that's right, the difference continue, between you sorry. and Zach. Zach uh, Zach is uh, more game, even even yeah. even though he had no idea what a flock trial meant. And so there were several there were several uh, parts of the conversation in which I had to explain what I meant. So uh, we uh, we got there eventually. Okay. All right. So give me the the main points here. So I'll I'll, I'll start off in that uh, with the offense. They added one veteran player along with 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 one non quarterback in the first three rounds of the draft. That's it. Okay, you you look at what they did last offseason, where they add uh, Deshaun Jackson, they add Jordan Howard, they go and their first three picks in 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 the in the, in the first two rounds are offensive players. Uh, all the questions throughout the offseason are about how this is the deepest offense that they've had. This is the the best wide the best wide receiver core Doug Peterson's had. Uh, there was so much optimism going into the season about how loaded that offense is. This offseason, literally their, their marquee moves were Jalen Rager trading for Marquise Goodwin and re-signing Nate Sudfeld and Corey Clement. I, I mean, that's essentially what it is. So uh, I think that when you look at the roster last May and you look at the roster this May, uh, unless you're counting on rapid development or dramatic improvement from the coaching, that last year's roster was better on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then... I would say uh, I think the case for this year's offense is sort of thematic. Like last year, 
this this offense was sort of stuck in mud. They were out of ideas. They they didn't make any you know uh, coaching changes. And their big their big plan was to bring back a guy who was already on the team. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like they didn't have any new ideas. So they bring back Deshaun Jackson without any backup plan. Whereas this year, I think the pieces fit a little bit better. I think they have recognized that the offense needed to change, and that's both in the in the coaching changes and the type of players they brought in. Um, and that's not to say, obviously, that all of these fast receivers are going to get on the field, but uh, I think the pieces fit a little bit better. And then I also think there are cases to be made, like position by position, if you want to do that. Like Carson Wentz now is in a better place than he was last year when he was coming off a broken back. He proved that he could play 16 games. Last year, we didn't know that Miles Sanders was this good, and he was really awesome last year. Uh, receiver, you could probably make a case for last year's group, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a giveaway case. And I think it's fair to say that the offensive line is uh, in worse shape this year than it was last year. But, uh, I think if, I think if you went position by position, you could probably make a case for three or four out of the five being better this year. Um, I, I do, I, whether I actually believe that or not is a different question, but I think I, I mostly believe that, that it is true that they have recognized that they, that the offense needed change this offseason when they didn't do that last year. So, so is the question, do I feel better about, uh, the offense right now, this version of the offense than I did at this time last year about that offense? Or is it knowing what I know about how that played out last year, uh, do I feel better about this offense? I think it's a little bit in between because obviously you mm. you could say like if you know Deshaun Jackson's going to play one game, that's worse. But um, I think we were all a little bit too seduced by uh, by the moves last year. Okay. Well, I would say, well, I'll just run through it here based on what you guys said, position by position. Uh, I don't really agree with you with, I mean, quarterback, I feel pretty much the same. I, I don't know how you, uh, that I feel, you know, differently just because Wentz played 16 games last year. That doesn't give a uh, a big bump to me or anything like that. I, I feel pretty much the same about, about that the group. Back, do you feel better about the backup quarterback though? I mean, not really. Okay. Feel about the same as the you know That's about fine. the entire quarterback situation. Uh, I loved your tweet by the way. So this the running backs about Miles Sanders, where you're like, uh, I don't think we appreciate how good Miles Sanders is. You've been the one on the every podcast saying Miles Sanders might not be as good this year as he was last year. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, <laughs> when I looked into it, I, I felt two ways. One, I don't think we appreciated how good he was last year. And the I other did. Thing, I was writing columns on him well, off the game. And the other thing is. All of those guys who are really good, uh, they all took a step back in year two. Like nine out of ten of them did. So uh, I think I think there's like you know maybe volume goes up a little bit, but I think he will be a little bit less effective. Now I left that out of my argument because I wasn't being paid to uh, <laughs> I wasn't being paid to to do that part. I'm doing I'm defending the team, but uh, it may it it, I, it it reinforced what I think is the case is that he is really good, but there's there's no guarantee that he's going to be as good as, as he was last year. Okay. Uh, running back, I feel better about going into uh, this season just because Sanders was an unknown going into last year. I was not a big right. Jordan Howard guy, but now, you know, if Miles Sanders is healthy, I think they should have, in terms of efficiency, a top 10 uh, run game. The offensive line, I think, may be the biggest drop off of any uh, or the biggest sort of question mark about how I feel about them now compared to last year. You know, last no year, doubt. You look at it, all right, they're a little bit older, but you've got all these guys coming back. You can withstay. You felt really good about Andre Dillard, where if you have an injury at offensive tackle, you know what? Dillard's going to come in. He should be able to give you mediocre play uh, at a minimum. And now you look at it, 
and uh, your left tackle is a question mark. And if one of your tackles goes down, you are in a lot of trouble. So I uh, feel you know, pretty significantly worse about the offensive line. I'm not saying they're going to be uh, bad or below average, but the question marks I have about them are much different than a year ago. Uh, tight ends pretty much the same. Uh, wide receiver is a tough one. I mean, I I kind of was feeling how Zach uh, described it a little bit earlier, where I, I thought that they had a good group of weapons around Carson Wentz going into last year. I didn't think Alshon Jeffrey was going to be pretty much uh, cooked there. I didn't think Deshaun Jackson was going to play uh, however many snaps uh, it, it was, uh, you know, three games there last season. I didn't know that Nelson Aguilar, you know, I, I didn't have like huge expectations for him, but I didn't know that he was going to fall off even further and just become uh, a total disaster there. So I probably felt better at the time about that at that group than I do this group. But um, looking at how it played out and where I made errors in judgment compared to what they have now, I would probably uh, like this group more. So hmm. I think o- well I think said. over I think overall I felt better at uh, on what's today's date. May 19th. I think I felt better on May 19th about the 2019 offense than I do on uh, May 19th, 2020 about the 2020 offense. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say it's like a huge disparity, but I think that's where I would come down on it. Okay, since uh, no one else has anything to add, if you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction. You want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You can also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com dot com slash birds for a free online visit and free two day shipping. That's getroman.com slash birds for a free online visit and free two day shipping. All right, Zach, you want to make the case for uh, this year's defense over last year's defense? I will. Yes. And, and I, I was just going to add on the offensive side that, that I, I didn't put much uh, stock in, into the offensive coaching changes for the reason that I mentioned when they first did it, that this is d- still Doug's offense, Doug's calling the plays. You know, I like the idea of, 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 of having different voices and, and, uh, they're, they're, they're bringing in different philosophies, but I'm not expecting an overhaul. And based on what Doug said today, he said the naked eye won't even notice the changes, uh, which, which took it even a little farther than I would have. Um, but, but that was pretty interesting. I do um, think that the coaching changes make a difference in terms of how we should feel about the offense. I do, I do buy what I was selling that. The fact that they recognized that the offense was stuck in mud last year and had been for two years uh, is meaningful. Well, who are the coaches that you, I mean, you know, I, I agree with you in theory, but uh, I would also say be yeah. cautious. I mean, every quote I read coming out of Denver is we're going to be a lot more aggressive this year without Rich Scangarello. Now, now that we got rid of that guy, I we can throw the ball down. Sure. I know. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's probably, the- I think it probably has to be Faith and Press Taylor. Don't you think? 
No, that's all right. I can I can get on board with that. Yeah, I don't know. But that's also, you know, he was on the staff last year. Yeah. So my okay. argument for the defensive side of the ball is similar to you're, offense. You're, you, you flipped it here. So you're, you're arguing in favor of this year's defense being better than last year's defense. Correct. Correct. I, I looked at the in-out ledger, and uh, the Eagles did make major changes to the defensive side of the ball. They added uh, five new players in March, and, and that's not even taking in, into account what they did in the draft. Um, there are probably six spots uh, on the starting depth chart that are changed. Now, they, they've moved some players around, obviously, um, but in, in, in terms of changes there. And the way I look at it is is that your def- this defense is best when they're getting to the quarterback and, and, and they can cover. And uh, I think they improved at getting to the quarterback with Hargrave. I think that that's an upgrade. It upgrades their interior pass rush. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not crazy about their edge rushing, but I don't, I don't think they're, they're like worse than they were this time last season there. And then, um, I think Darius Slay is a major upgrade. Now I am, I'm not, uh, rationalizing the exit of Malcolm Jenkins. I think that was a mistake and I'm not rationalizing what they have at linebacker because I don't think they're good enough there, but I think overall, uh, getting Darius Slay, I think Roby Coleman helps them in the slot. I think they have enough to get by at safety. It's it's not top level production, but I think they can get by there. And really, that's that's the the threshold for linebacker too. Is is can you get by? And I'm I'm not convinced they can. But I think they're going to get to the quarterback better, and I think they're going to cover better having Slay. When you, whenever it is that you do read this piece, Sheil, uh, I think you will laugh because it's it's a good case of like Zach just writing what he thinks uh, and being honest, and me just uh, playing a part. Uh, but um, I I think that uh, it's I mean first of all they better be better on defense given all the resources they put into the defense this year. But I'm not so sure that they will, and I don't necessarily feel better about the pass rush as a whole than I did at this point last year because at this point last year. I think we were expecting probably more of a breakout season from Derek Barnett than we got. And the biggest case I made is that right now we're not so sure that the Eagles have a, you know, top five defensive lineman in the league in Fletcher Cox. I mean, Fletcher Cox was very, very mediocre last year. Now, you know, Zach points to his great game in the, in the playoffs and that's true. But if, if Fletcher Cox is the, uh, 10th best defensive tackle in the league instead of the second or third best defensive tackle in the league. I think that makes a huge difference. And he's turning 30, coming off a, a mediocre year. You can make, you know, maybe it was just injury related. Maybe it was because he was playing next to Anthony Rush and Hassan Ridgeway the whole time. Uh, or maybe he has, uh, you know, he's starting to decline. And I think that's very possible. And then as for Slay, we're not 100% sure that he's going to be uh, you know, a number one cover corner, and that's what they're paying him to do, and what they what they traded him for him to do. And is it is it does it matter that much if he can lock people down? But they're just other, other opposing offenses are going to just take advantage of Avante Maddox on the other side. Uh, I'm not so sure. And then I, I do think that the loss of Malcolm Jenkins is a big question mark. So uh, you certainly can't make the case that they're better at linebacker than they than they were last year. I think we probably all agree that that doesn't necessarily matter that much. But I, uh, I think there are a lot of questions about the defense that there weren't last year. And then the other, the other thing is that uh, it seems like we're placing a lot of faith, or at least the faith in the defense is placing some faith in Jim Schwartz doing something that he's never done before. And that's like change 
the way that he plays, uh, you know, playing a lot of man and blitzing more. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not in the camp that that is going to happen, given everything we've ever seen from Jim Schwartz. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think Jim Schwartz is is, is going to make major changes to the scheme either. I'm not sure he has to either. Um, you know, I, I, I think that he'll adjust to his personnel to a certain extent. He's he's done that. You know, when he played the three safety package, that was adjusting to the personnel. He blitzed more last year and less in 2018 uh, because of all the injuries. And 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 the other thing that I I do want to point out is this time last year, these were the players on the defense who were coming off surgery or major injury. Fletcher Paul Cox, Warlow. Derek Barnett. <laughs> Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, Nigel Bradham, Rodney McLeod, Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills. And I mentioned Paul Warlow because I was looking back at my notes from last year and I wrote Warlow in there. <laughs> I, I will take back Warlow. He, he wasn't a key player. I thought, but, that's, when I, I thought that's, when, that's when I won the trial was when you called Paul Warlow a key player. <laughs> no, but, I, but that's I, – I would, I would say Warlow is on my list of – Nate Sudfeld media all-stars, <laughs> right? I've heard too many questions about sure. Paul Warlow over the years. Nate Sudfeld has done so much more in an Eagles uniform than Paul <laughs> Warlow ever did. That is unfair to Nate Sudfeld. Yeah. No, as, but, as a me, I'm saying in terms of being asked about him. Yeah, I know. But I, and I'm saying that like at least Nate, at least Nate Sudfeld, uh, you know, put on a uniform for regular season games. But, uh, but that's, that's six starters from last year who – who like you you didn't know when they were going to get back. And this year the only player who's coming off a major injury on on defense at least that we're aware of at this point is Malik Jackson. Uh I think they're they're healthier, they're deeper and they're faster than they were one year ago. Uh, I'm 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 not rationalizing the 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 shortcomings that I mentioned before, but I think overall uh that works in their favor. I can't remember. How did I, Bo? Do you remember how I felt about the defense at this time last year? I have no idea. Mm, no. I, I, okay. I mean, yeah, I can I, barely remember uh, <laughs> like a conversation I had last week. So, so the big theme so, last year was was that like they basically just neglected the defense in the draft. You remember that? Like they they mm, they had. I think those, the, and and the other thing last year, and I said to I said this in the thing, and and Zach uh, totally bit back at me was I think there was an expectation last year that they were still going to bring back Chris Long. Don't you don't you think? Like defensive end was was the big uh, weak point of the defense at this point last year. I definitely it, thought it was a possibility at some point that they would bring him back. Yes, and. I, I spoke to Chris Long last year on draft day and he said, and, mm, and, they, and this was public. No, 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 this was public. He was on <laughs> the podcast. I, I, I previously did uh, with my colleague, Jeff McLean. And why, he don't said you get, that, why don't you get him back on this podcast? <laughs> I mean, um, any other podcast you want to plug here? Zach, <laughs> well, we're, uh, just, you want to just go through your playlist? <laughs> <laughs> so, but he said, he said, he said, don't count on me returning. And, or, or you know, or, or or don't put me in in your plans, something of, of that nature. And I think what happened was was when they signed Malik Jackson, their plan last year was uh, to keep Malak the 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 to keep Brandon Graham on the edge on third downs, keep Jackson on the field, and that took away what Long's role uh, would have been. Now they should have brought Long back when Jackson went down, and I, I think that was a mistake that that they did not. But um, I don't think they were operating last year with the assumption that Chris Long was going to be on the roster. 
Well, yeah, I, I do remember sort of making that point that what are the odds that all of these guys are going to stay healthy between now and whenever? And if one of them goes down, you just call up Chris Long. But as we know from your uh, former colleague, as you mentioned there, Zach, Jeff McClain, that they did, uh, you know, Howie Roseman did call Chris Long and it sounded like Jim Schwartz said, thanks, but no thanks. He yeah. doesn't have the, uh, he does not going to have the role that he would like to have here. I think that overall, I feel like I like this group better at this time than I liked that group at that time. And that's as someone who is very, um, on the fence, uh, about the, what kind of impact Darius Slay is going to have. I just feel good that he's going to obviously be an upgrade at cornerback. I don't think he's going to be the uh, sizable upgrade that maybe others do. I think up front, uh, I, I like them, you know, more this year with Hargrave, with, uh, with a healthy Jackson, uh, you know, Fletcher Cox. I just have to believe that he's going to bounce, bounce back. I mean, I, I can't believe he's going to have another year like he had last year. Josh Sweat, I feel better about this year as a rotational guy. Um, Brandon Graham did not look, uh, like the tank was empty last year. Although I, you know, I guess you got to be cautious that that could happen, uh, any year here. And then, um, you know, even if Derek Barnett is a wash, I think you still would feel better about this group. Um, like you guys said, linebacker, I don't really, uh, that's not going to swing it one way or another for me. They've got different options in the secondary. I do, you know, I'll sound like a broken record. I think we're underrating the loss of Malcolm Jenkins. Um, but uh, I would say overall, I probably, I probably like this group a little better. I don't think that's unfair. And I think it's certainly, I mean, it, uh, as I said, it, it better be the case given the uh, focus they, they put on it. So, uh, I guess we'll see. Zach's got a got, a got a hard out pretty soon. I got to give him my. Uh, I've been I've been telling him to wait for my Tacanelli's review. Yes, oh, please. Okay. Well, you I got two this. minutes. Um, well, Zach, uh, you know, has been has been gazing this place up. It's it's my own mistake that I haven't been uh, until last week. We did it for the uh, for the Survivor finale. You know, we figured let's get let's uh, let's do it up big, and uh, it was very good. I don't. I, Zach did not did not lead me astray. Uh, it's sort of like the uh, the New Haven a pizza type style. Uh, very good, perfect, perfect uh, crispness and bread and and everything that I want. Uh, we had the uh, the white pie. I thought was even better than mm-hmm. the uh, the margarita which we had. The the tomato is a little bit too sweet for my taste. I don't like a sweet tomato on my pizza, but it was still very good. Uh, I would give it uh, I'd give it an A an A plus. Well done. It's the best pizza in the city. It's my favorite meal. I uh, I adore it. I adore it. I'm very I'm very hungry. See ya. The uh, the gar- <laughs> as you said, and you were right about the garlic sack. Oh yes, yeah. It, it it trails you for days. You you know you can't go to Takanelli's and and like and and try pretending you weren't there. You know, um, it's how uh, many times have you tried to do that with your? Yeah, wife? sounds like you've been <laughs> caught. Is there, is there a longer story about this? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just it's like. It's, do it's they have just, Wi-Fi? You go in there, you turn on some Belichick saving, you have a little garlic, and uh, you know, hopefully no one's the wiser. Yeah, no, you're you, uh, you're going to smell quite a bit for the next few days, but it's well worth it. All right. Uh, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We will be back later this week to, uh, to finish out some of the questions you guys had last week for getting a bird in edgewise, and, uh, and that'll do it. So for... Zach and Sheil, I'm Bo, and as always, we love you. <laughs>